what were our favorite movies of 2022? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is a show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, top 10 movies. Uh, I am your host, DJ Wooldridge. With me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. And today, we have a very special guest. Say hi to the kids at home. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) No one could be here but you. Like, Thank goodness that we have you today because I feel like DJ and I are dialed in but he reads every comic book i watch every tv show movies we get to them when we get to them Mm -hmm. and you're like you're the it girl when it comes to movies come on now so i've seen a lot of movies a lot of movies more than once too which is becoming problematic most of this list caused a major problem in my 2022 (laughs) so for the kids at home that might not be familiar who are you where can they find you what are you up to i am Perry Nemerov? Do I say my name? That yes, sounds please. awkward. I'm not yes, used to please. saying my name. So someone recently said to me, why don't you ever introduce yourself in your videos? I'm like, I don't know. That feels weird, but maybe I should <laughs> start doing it. It's a commercial for of you right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's up, guys? I'm Perry Nemerov. Like, all right. Yeah, act like you're auditioning for the real world. This I is feel all- like I should just be moving my mouth right now, but you could do it for me, Roxy. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although I, I know enough to be able to do it for I you. Probably you at this point. I believe in you. Yep, I see. am technically the senior producer at Collider, which basically just means I do a whole lot of video content and my pride and joys. Collider Ladies Night, my interview series that's all about highlighting the female forces in in Hollywood and why they're special and why you should know them. And I do a whole bunch of other things. YouTube. I'm obsessed with TikTok talk now. I can't get off TikTok. It's a problem. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. That's it. I'm trying to figure it out. Figure out TikTok. Figure out if I can make TikTok work for me. That's that's the way to say it. Yeah, I would say to do it. DJ, it's not the most natural fit. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it won't work, but I can picture you like for some reason blowing up on there, just like talking trash about yeah. some kind of thing. Just being cranky <laughs> about things. Well, here, here's the, I was very, Roxy, you know this, I was very reticent to get onto TikTok. I felt like that's a different generation. I'm not going to mess with it. But the, what I've I've been told is that if you can kind of like whip the algorithm into shape and let it know what you're into it it can actually be very effective so i'm like all right i'll give it a try that algorithm knew me Mm -hmm. in a flash (laughs) that thing pared down those videos to exactly i literally only get movie and pet related content and that is it it is so scary how uh, every video i see now i like Mm-hmm. Like they are not, they don't send me anything in there. Some videos they'll send me where the first five seconds I'm like, did I just end up on the wrong side of TikTok? Mm-hmm. But then it's some joke. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. You get me. You know what else is shockingly amazing about TikTok is I know you you two probably know this well, even though you're lovely human beings. I would hope no one would say anything mean in comments <laughs> on your videos, but the Never. comment section on TikTok, at least in terms of what I find myself posting most often, which is interview clips and like little comments about movies, most of them are actually like cinephiles engaging with the content and not necessarily 
saying mean things or at least a lot less so over there than I find on like YouTube, Twitter, whatever. Oh, you and I have very different experiences, girl. Oh, wow. Um, I think because I open up my whole entire life to TikTok, like talk about my dating life or my sex life mm-hmm. or my like parental or sibling relationships or whatever, everybody in there is like so brutally mean um, oh. that I just don't know what you're talking about, but I'm happy oh. for you. <laughs> I'm glad that they like your interviews. I do think that like that uh, you you pop up on my for you all the time. And obviously I also follow you. You do a great job on there. You clip out interesting things and it's like really quick and nice and a plus go follow Perry. So I, I feel like that. I feel I feel like I want to try and diagnose the difference here, even though I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. But I wonder, could it be the differences that like because of the the streams, Perry's got like the movie thing. So you're just showing they're just showing up to talk about movies. And Roxy, like you said, you're talking about your life. So it's immediately personal. It's immediately like like it's about it's no matter what, it's about you. <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably. I've done this series recently um, that I'm deeming the crin- the Hinge Chronicles, and I go through all of my worst Hinge experiences of that week. And um, typically, the comments consist of something like, you fucking deserve it, you bitch. Wow. Um, so like, you know, but I, my the people who follow me on there, I have 50% women and 50% men, which is very uh, rare. Most yeah. people have like a, a big, vast majority one. And not to be sexist on this one, but the women are so lovely to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you guys so much. They're like, you've got this girl. Keep on trying. Put yourself out there. And the men are like, just stay home and die because you're over 30. So you're never going to find your person. Oh, my God. Cool. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Cool. Cool. Thank cool. Uh, well, two things. One, Roxy, I appreciate your courage of putting yourself thank out you. there. And two, stop being mean to Roxy on TikTok, guys. I know this. that's not where we are. But if you're also on TikTok, just fucking cool it. Fucking cut it out. <laughs> Cool it, man. Fucking cool it, man. Calm down. All right. But listen, positivity today. It's the new year. We we just did our episode on top 10 TV shows. We're doing top 10 movies. That's why we reached out to Perry. But before we get into that, it's a little business. Of course, if you want to watch this live, early, ad-free, if you want to check out Patreon-exclusive shows like Spider-Versity and what we're into, you can do that over to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Also, on Spotify every week, we ask you a question. Last week's question was, what were your favorite TV shows of 2022? Yeshu Wazalewski said, Barry Season 3 is way up there. The Righteous Gemstones Season 2. Chainsaw Man. Um, and I'll count Yellow Jackets because it ended last year. Uh, oh, and once again, One Piece. Uh, Wiki Lou said, I'll be damned. It fits. I assume his list fits onto the thing. Uh, one, Rami. Two, Andor. Three, Better Call Saul. Four, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Five, Interview with a Vampire. Six, The Bear. Seven, Industry. I don't know what that is. Eight, Undone. Also don't know what that <gasps> is. Um, I keep meaning to watch Industry. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. Uh, nine, Reservation Dogs. And ten, Irma Vep. Without fail, anytime there's a TV show that I don't know what it was, is, which for this one was Chainsaw Man. Anime. I look it up and it's anime yeah. every <laughs> single time. It's just such a blind spot for me where I feel like I know every show that's on TV. And then somebody will say something and I'm like, oh, 
I don't know it. And yeah. Then I look and I'm like, oh, why don't I know any anime shows? It's so lame of me. I got to get up to date in that category. Uh, hi, Roxy, you liked Invincible, if I remember correctly. Correct? Yes, no? no? I, didn't, I didn't watch it. Okay, you don't like animation. You don't like animation. Uh, Pantheon. Pantheon, Pantheon, Pantheon. I highly recommend AMC Plus, Pantheon. Check out Pantheon. It's so good. <laughs> I only watched uh, the one animation show I've watched in years is Harley Quinn. It's the mm-hmm, only mm-hmm, one that I've mm-hmm. watched in years. Got I don't it, know it. what's wrong with me. I, why? Why I, don't you like animation? That's a I, big question that probably warrants a whole episode. It, I think because I suck. I don't know. I can't. There's no way that you can explain to somebody why you don't like animation without sounding like a douche. Like, I just, it doesn't land with me. However, last year, my favorite movie was Encanto. And mm-hmm. this year, you guys will find out what my favorite movie is. But spoiler alert, I animation has been working for me in film. It's just in TV. I don't know. I haven't gotten into it. I, well, listen. Pantheon. And before we go into uh, movies, speaking of TV, Perry, any t- TV shows you want to give a shout out to real quick? Putting you on the spot. Well, if someone, if someone's allowed to include Yellow Jackets on their list, I would definitely include that on mine. It's one of my favorite recent obsessions, and I can't wait for season two. I loved the new season of Cobra Kai. As mm. always, Wednesday is right up my alley, a lifelong, you know, Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, et cetera fan. So to see them tackle that together with Jenna Ortega, of all people, mm-hmm. was just the perfect pairing. And oh my, the Andor hype was real. That yes. show is phenomenal. What incredible like detail and production design and those scripts. That is such a well-written show. I can't get over it. Uh, is, wait, I always ask this. Yellow Jackets is Star? Is Showtime? No, Showtime. Ooh, I think Showtime's getting gobbled up by Paramount, which is probably a bad thing, but it's going to be good for me because I have Paramount Plus. So. I think they're going to they be already? fine. Aren't they already connected? They are connected in that when I'll look up a movie, it'll be like it's on Paramount Plus. And what they mean is if I pay extra for Showtime, it's on Paramount Plus. And oh, I was, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Uh, Additionally, so, if you are watching this live right now, then you know that Wednesday got picked up for season two this morning. Yes. Congratulations to all the Wednesday fans. I know there was talks about like it could go to Amazon. I was like, it's the biggest show on Netflix. It's not going. They're not going to not give it a second season. What are you talking about? Where is that Cobra? Kai renewal. That's what I want to know. I love that show so much. Uh, I don't people, understand. Why aren't they renewing it right away? Well, uh, I, I think they, maybe contract negotiations because of what season number we're on because we're go- are we in six? Yeah, I'm less I'm less concerned about contract negotiations and I'm more concerned about that other Cobra Kai, uh, Cobra Kai that other Karate Kid movie that yes. was just announced. I'm that wondering like, if that <laughs> is causing some complications and if that's the reason why a Cobra Kai series would have to end, I would be very upset about no that. that would be crazy that makes no sense well isn't that wasn't that announcement was weird right because it's like it's going to be yeah. a continuation of karate kid but have nothing to do with cobra kai i'm like well that's, that doesn't make any weird. sense <laughs> you can get i think you can get away with something like that when it comes to like i mean you can't even people flipped out including myself about this when they announced the uh the the child's play remake and the child's <laughs> play franchise was still alive and thriving had a great fan base they were working on the tv show but then they just announced this remake that existed on its own island yeah. you, you just can't you can't do that no 
Nope. Uh, my wife is a big fan of those movies, and so we were re-watching them over the holidays, and it was a lot of, lot of fun. <laughs> and last thing, before we move forward, I want to tell you all that Hellbent is coming back for its third and final volume. That's right, the story, Jaina. Heather and I and our entire creative team have been working towards this entire time culminates in Hellbent 3, which is coming to Kickstarter next month in February. And if you want to be there day one for special launch exclusive perks, you're going to want to go to hellbentcomicbook.com and sign up at the pre-launch page. That will let you know right when the campaign launches. It has all been building to this. So if you've been following along, you're not going to want to miss out. And also, if you haven't checked it out yet, you'll be able to get reprints of volumes one and two and get the entire story in one shot. So go to hellbentcomicbook.com, sign up at the pre-launch page, and stay tuned for more news to come because I am very excited for this comic. I think you should be too. I think this is some of our best work so far. Check it out, hellbentcomicbook.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we've successfully transitioned into movies. So let's uh, let's get into it. This is our top ten uh, favorites. Not necessarily. It can be the best, but it is all. I know with my list, it's also more my favorites. I'm not trying to say these are the. I'm just saying these were my favorite movies of 2022. Um, so we're gonna start with Perry, working from the bottom to the top. If it is ordered that way, if it's not, it's I can okay. Do that. Uh, I love that you define this list that way. I always have to emphasize and re-emphasize that <laughs> this isn't like a mathematical equation yes. that produced the highest valued films. These are just deeply personal to me, and I love them. Yeah, exactly. Because well, I saw somebody, I saw somebody, and if this is on your list, uh, whatever, uh, I saw somebody be like, one of my favorite movies of the year was Elvis, and I don't feel that way. But when they were talking about it, it was very much uh, focused on Austin Butler's performance, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, if that's if that's your like gauge, I could see why that would be in your top ten, because that he did a good job. He, mm-hmm. he did good. Uh, so, uh, you, exactly. It's not like, a, this isn't math. It's it's not a competition. It's just these were the ones that resonated with us, um, and so and also we should mention this. There's a I there's some movies I know people have been talking about. I haven't seen Fablemans. I haven't seen Tar. 
What's another one I've seen? Okay, here's my list of things I haven't seen, DJ. <laughs> Do it. I haven't seen She Said. I haven't seen Woman King. I haven't seen Tar. I haven't seen Whale. I haven't seen Bones and All. I haven't seen Pinocchio. I haven't seen Happening. I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness. I haven't seen RRR. I haven't seen After Sun. I haven't seen After Yang. And I haven't seen Jackass. And I and I say that because... Jackass. I'm surprised I know. you haven't seen Jackass. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, lo- I, I started an entire company because I love Jackass yeah. so much. I literally designed a company because I love Jackass, yet I haven't seen it yet. It was because it was in theaters and then I was sick and I missed it there mm-hmm. and then it wasn't on streaming forever and I thought it was so I watched Jackass for something on Netflix there 4. was a whole, five. I watched that and I was like <laughs> I'm confused yeah. and then I realized I hadn't seen Jackass it's been a whole thing now okay. it's available to stream and I just haven't gotten to it whatever but you, there's no way that of all those movies I just listed that at least three of them wouldn't be in my top 10. Yeah. So I, I like DJ said, yeah. I haven't seen everything. Yeah. I want you to send me that list and can I order it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Prioritize but, it. Perry, but you have to order it for me. For Ooh. those of you guys who have not been watching Perry and I for a long time, what you don't know is that very often Perry yes. and I have different favorites. <laughs> Something about Triangle of Sadness jumps out to me for you. Okay. I okay. I feel like that that mix of like uh I mean it's like kind of drama and comedy, but like a like a quirky situation that has a lot to say about uh yeah. how, how the riches of the rich operate. I feel like it it explores all of that in a way that might speak to you. Well, Did that also, win this year? That was the I one think that, that one that one might have. Okay, I'm I'm in a I'm in like a blur of award seasons Mm -hmm. and stuff now because everything's winning like so much right now and I can't I should have like written out a scorecard or something. (laughs) Okay, so let's start. Perry, start with you. Yes. uh, Number ten, whatever. If if it's ordered that way, yeah. Oh, I have it. I have I have an absurdly long list that is is all ordered. Um, My number ten of twenty two of twenty twenty two. I was about to say twenty twenty three. The unbearable weight of massive talent. What a damn good movie. When they first announced that movie, I'm like, cool, like a bonkers movie where Nick Cage plays himself. That'll be fun. That'll be like a fun, like fleeting thrill type watch that I'll probably never think of again and just watch when I need to sit back and relax and put something on. And it it has all those really highly enjoyable qualities, but it's also a nice, like, meaningful look into what acting means to him mm-hmm. and how he assesses the uh, the industry and his filmography and how that affects him and how that affects his art and his goals. I don't know. This movie just had everything when I expect... It has everything at a certain level when I expected to get, like, this much at a certain level. I was so yeah. impressed by that film. Uh, I, have a- I have that on my list as well. Uh, oh, wow. I, I loved this movie so much. <laughs> I watched it on an airplane and it was like the best flight ever. Uh, It's truly like when you're watching it, you're like, I can't believe movies like this get made. Mm -hmm. I just can't believe that that this I'm seeing this right now. Um, I'll just because my list isn't fully ordered. I'll just say it now, too. So we don't have to come back to it. Yes, Perry. This is like a if you. If you can check your ego at the door and like movies that just like sometimes don't make sense, do pull on your heartstrings at other times, are action-packed at other times, are just funny and weird to watch. This is just such a yes. I, I called my dad after I landed and was like, Dad, you gotta watch this movie. 
like that's the kind of movie this is where you want to call people and talk to other people about like did you see it did you see it uh it's great i'm so curious to see how much crossover we have now it it will be interesting i will uh didn't make my list i think i think that movie's an incredible uh uh, showcase of how nicholas cage elevates a movie because like if you take nicholas if you take the nicholas cage out of that movie it's like well there are a million movies like this movie it's nothing but the way the way he specifically elevates the the kind of like homages to his work um also nick cage smooch is good has been in my brain ever since i saw it he it's and it's one of those like if you it's the same thing with uh as of this recording the trailer for reinfeld dropped i don't know how the room feels about it i didn't move the needle for me except nicholas cage's dracula and it's like yeah because like if you've been following his career it's like mom and dad mandy well mandy mandy's a little bit different but like if you there's a lot of like there's a whole uh spade of movies that are great just because he is great in them (laughs) yeah then that's uh, i i used to put him in uh keanu reeves in kind of like one category in my mind yeah and i don't anymore Mm -hmm. because of what you just said yeah uh, even though I still love Keanu, I think he's just awesome. But they, I, I don't know. When I was growing up, I kind of thought they were the same person. Well, yeah, and it's interesting. It's interesting. Nick, Nick Cage has this incredible ability, I think, to obviously people make a lot of of his very heightened performances. But he always, I tend in the stuff I watch and the stuff where I think he really excels in, he finds a way to find the humanity in that, and he does that in uh, uh, unbearable weight, uh, like always. Fucking. Good and Pedro Pascal. He's so handsome. He's a handsome boy. <laughs> Not to take us too far off topic, but what is what's your guys' favorite Nick Cage movie or just a version of Nick Cage? <laughs> I guess movie. Perry. I mean, this is high up on the list now. I mean, I gotta, I gotta be like a little cliche, I guess, and. Well, not cliche because no. it's not like a like a, a high quality movie by the maths scale. But I watched a lot of Face Off growing up, like Dude. a lot, like over and over and over. Where Fucking you classic. were the coolest kid in the room, depending on how many times you had watched and rewatched Face Off. Fucking totally. fucking classic. I mean, for me, this isn't entirely fair because it's not it's not just Nick Cage here, but like Mandy. Fucking Mandy is like I love Mandy. Ooh. Uh I just watched the uh Panos episode of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities and oh my god, I love it so much. Uh but I think that also again, if you guys haven't seen Mom and Dad, ooh, highly recommended. It. It's so fucking good. Um I wanna say there's another one in there. Uh but anyway, Roxy, favorite Nick Cage. Is it possible that mine is pig? Ooh, oh, oh, pig's so good. That's a great pick. <laughs> it it, it just he just crushed it in that yeah. movie. I mean, whoa. Well, speaking of a, a plane, my wife watched. I had already seen it. My wife was watching on a plane, and so I was looking over her shoulder, just reading the subtitles in that scene where he goes to visit the guy in the restaurant. You, you know the scene I'm talking about, and I started yeah. tearing up just remembering the scene. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Talented boy. A bunch of Nicolas Cage fans. Okay. Okay. So unbearable weight. We got two unbearable weights. For me, my number 10, we were just discussing it, is Triangle of Sadness. Uh, Not a terribly subtle movie. I also don't care. Uh, I like what it is talking about. And I also think it, for those that don't know, uh, Triangle of Sadness uh, ostensibly follows two models as they go on a uh, cruise for the uber wealthy. Uh, I won't tell you how the cruise goes bad because the trailers were misleading, uh, mm-hmm. but it, things go south and they end up stranded on an island. And all that is good. I enjoyed that. 
what happens on the island is a very interesting power dynamic shift that I think talks about about the nature of power and how it affects people. And I thought I found that very, very uh, engaging and interesting. Um, so for me, that that edged uh, triangle of sadness. Also, I found it very, very funny into the my top 10. The whole movie is really an assessment of power dynamics, but in three completely different settings, yes. like with their con their back and forths in the first act, and then watching how everybody operates and handles what they go through on the boat. Also, I could not take my eyes off the screen while watching this movie, except for the fact that I love horror movies. I could watch the goriest scenes imaginable and not flinch. The vomit material, though, I literally sat there covering my eyes, yes. watching it from between my fingers because it grossed me out so much. And What's the vomit material? So there is, um, well, it's kind of a two things, Perry. I it kind of like the way they present it is if the, the ship is hit by a storm, but there's also a little nugget dropped earlier that maybe some of the food's gone bad. Um, yeah. And it, so everybody on the ship, except the crew, like all the passengers start getting like, sick sick like projectile vomit and like the uh, the toilets start backing up it is it's disgusting in a way that you're like how did you film this like there's a person that like vomits and is shitting themselves and like slips on it and you're like what how what it is extremely <laughs> graphic and extremely lengthy yes. i can't look that that probably has to be the longest vomit sequence of all time ever featured on screen yeah and but it listen it's funny and not for nothing a lot of those people deserve it um maybe not the things that come later but this this like they made yeah uh, uh yeah and it's great the performances are great um uh unfortunately the actress the lead actress that plays the model has passed away passed away before um the film came out uh so that's because uh, she's fucking great in it um um so that's a bummer uh but yeah i highly recommend <laughs> way to undersell it that's a bummer that's yeah <laughs> yes it is uh yeah but triangle sadness uh loved it uh bottom 10 so now we're uh, back to perry back to me yes. for my number nine i have the fallout did either of you see the fallout? No. No. Do either of you me. know what the fallout is? Yeah, it's no. um that no, no, maybe I'm thinking of isn't it like a, a fan made film about no. styles or something? No, it's definitely not that. That'd it would be, be a, funny if that, that was on a, my list that'd though. Be right? amazing. That'd be amazing. No, no, what I'm pretty sure that was called Fallout. Well, okay, so oh, I'll throw my say, Fallout is the video game with the post apocalyptic. <laughs> okay, okay. Either. This is this is completely different. It's a it's a very, very heavy movie about gun violence that stars Jenna Ortega and Maddie Ziegler and like it's crushing to watch because of the material and just like how intimate and raw and devastating their situation is. It also just made me really sad in general this year because it seems like no one's really seen it. And I saw that, I think it was out of Sundance virtually last year. And the second the screener was over, I sat there and thought to myself, wow, like, this director is likely going to be in talks for awards. Wow, this could be the performance that gets Jenna Ortega an Oscar nomination. I still think it is of that caliber, truly, and it deserved to be considered. But then HBO Max scooped it up and put it in the Emmy conversation. There was no campaign for it. 
it barely got seen. And I think it's so unfortunate because like, yes, this is my list, but I'm also a big, big believer that this is a must watch of 2022 and deserves to be more widely recognized than it has been. So are you saying Maddie Ziegler, like the dance mom's girl? Yeah. Is she is this her? Uh, first? She's- uh, also the she's uh, done other things. Yeah. She also, wait, uh, I don't know why I completely blanked. She's in the music videos for uh fucking Sia. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. Uh wow, she, she is she's she's pretty good in the movie. Like she does exactly what she needs. She crushes her her role, but this is like more next level work, like really breathtaking work from Jenna Ortega. Is Damn, the- I love Jenna Ortega and I I this is not on my radar. Uh is I, I silver- really can't recommend it enough. Is the silver lining here based on what you just said that people can go watch it on HBO Max? Yes. There you yeah, go. I mean that 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 is, that is, but so, whoever whoever runs the award season campaigns over there missed a major opportunity. So if you're like Roxy and I and you have no idea, HBO Max, go check it out. Yeah. You said it was an Emmys conversation? Well, because it it didn't get a theatrical release. Like, for example, for the Critics' Choice Awards, we're not voting for it on the film side of things. It's the TV branch and limited series and film and movie that it's being included in or did not get included in because it did not get enough support. Got wow. you. That's so weird. A bummer. It's weird how things yeah. are bleed together because I know you'll, I'll still look up. Like, I, I would look up Wednesday and it's like a web series on Netflix. I'm like, no, that's a TV show, <laughs> my dude. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what do you mean web series? What are we? Um, bummer. Okay. So, so bummer that I didn't even, I had, didn't even have a clue about that movie. But that's uh, what I'm here for. I'll go check it on HBO Max. Roxy. Yeah, this movie, I'm not, I didn't know if it was going to make my list when I saw it. And likely, if I watch everything I want to see, it might get bumped. But it aged really well with me. It, it landed well with me at first, and then it just kept landing better with me. Um, and that's the Batman. Mm-hmm. I am like a, a massive DC junkie um, of all of the nerd dumbs. You guys know that DC is my diehard. And I feel like... Not my diehard movie. It's, <laughs> it's the, the nerdum that I do. Listen, I don't like diehard, but my diehard is DC. <laughs> totally. Uh, I think right now with DC, I think the nice way to put it uh, would be in flux. Yes, with that's a very, yes. Not, <laughs> that's a very gentle not, way of phrasing it. Right. With not knowing what Safford and Gunn are going to do and not knowing uh, all the news coming out about um Ezra and whatever, just with all the things you guys know, if you're watching this show, very likely, you know what I'm talking about. I am so grateful to have had this movie this year, Mm -hmm. a like really solid, great Batman film that I want to see more of. And so I think that while it's not my favorite Batman movie ever, because the TDK trilogy just like lives so high for me. Yeah. I think that they did a really, really good job starting a universe that I wanted to see more of. I'm going to, because this is also on my list, I'm going to go ahead and jump off of that and just go go ahead and talk about the Batman as well. That is on my list. Uh, Like you, Roxy. It's just like those opening, um, the opening moments with that bat signal sequence. It's like, oh, fuck, Batman. Like, this is it. Like, we're in it. Um, I will say that, that for this movie, um, uh, is like a, many movies I've seen this year, uh, could have been shorter. Uh, it's three hours. That's my only real critique. It's like, fucking, mm, it's a Batman movie. It doesn't need to be three hours. Other than that, I think the performances are really great, and I like the tone that it sets, and, and, and it really felt like 
a live action adaptation of Batman the Animated Series to me, which is uh, singing high praises. Um, and I just uh, liked the the take on the universe. And like Roxy was saying, as you know, with this show, we talk about superhero stuff all the time. Uh, big supporters of the genre, and this is and this is a, a a I think a good example of utilizing other genres to elevate a superhero film um, to kind of have its own unique perspective. Um, and, uh, and Robert Pattinson is a Batman. Good call. That's a good. He's a, he's a good bat. Um, so the Batman is on my list as well. Uh, Perry did not make my list. But it's in my top 20. Because you hate I Batman. We know. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I, I, I really did like the movie quite a bit. I think it should be nominated for Best Cinematography. I mm-hmm. want to see Greg Frazier not just get another nomination, but a win. But yeah. I don't know if that's happening. It's got one of my single favorite shots of the entire year in it. It happens at the very beginning of the movie. It's when you're you're in the house and it's like the dark room. And then all of a sudden Riddler appears. Mm-hmm. I just like I'll never forget the first time I saw that how I like kind of just like jumped out of my seat with excitement. It was such an effective beat. And then the next time I went in, all I wanted was to see that shot again. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> and, speak- among other things, but that was just one of my highlights there. Well, just like you had that one shot for me, that opening bat signals. I, I would just watch that bit. I was just like, wow, fuck, man, this is just everything. Every Batman comic I've ever read distilled into one sequence. And also, I love crime thrillers and the crime genre. And not that that's the only genre that's put in the stew, but like that stuff really, like the noir, like I actually don't know that Riddler himself was that, for, for me, like overall, like there's parts, that I, I don't know that he was the most effective part, but like the doomed romance, femme fatale, Catwoman, Batman stuff, like it took me back to like old pulpy noirs. I'm like, I'm in it. That's That stuff speaks to me. Um, so anyway, the Batman. Uh, Perry. So we are on to my number eight. I'm cheating with this one. Okay. Sorry. I'm going with both. Oh, I think I do the same cheat later. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I don't care. These are, again, these are our lists, not anybody else's. We could play by our own rules. And I could go on and on about how much I love these movies individually. But I really do think a really unusual special thing that we should be celebrating is, one, the fact that we saw two installments of the same series come out in a single calendar year. That does not happen very often. And we're really lucky to get to experience that. But also, when you watch something like that back to back in the same series it really well highlights how damn good ty west is as a genre director and i've been saying uh, this particular thing about his filmography well before x one of the reasons why i love him so much is because every single movie he makes has a foot in horror but it also has a foot in a different subgenre every single time and now this basically does that Foot in horror, playing with one of the same characters, but he's also paying homage to different eras of cinema each time, and he'll do it again with Maxine this year, hopefully. So I think that is a real cool thing, and it should be celebrated on a single item on my list. I will talk about that more once we circle back around to me, but Ah. uh, yes, Uh, yes, (laughs) yes to all of that. Um, Yeah, just agree. Uh, I think you guys are a bunch of cheaters, but it's fine. No, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, do you, if you had to say for both of you, did you prefer one to the other? It's I find it impossible 
to compare the two because they're so incredibly different. And I liked them equally for different reasons. Like, again, because they're horror movies, but they're two completely different forms of horror. Whereas, you know, Pearl is going is going uh is going big. It's taking big swings with like that classic cinema of the time and doing really unusual things. But X is much more like uh, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre slasher type feel. They're just yeah. completely different forms of horror that I enjoy equally. Yeah, and also I appreciate Ty West's ability um, to make you wait for it. Like he's gonna like mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you earn these kills. And also uh, both movies do an excellent job of of setting up like. We know those crocodiles are going to get used, but they're yeah. never quite used in the way that you think. But to answer your question, Roxy, um, I, similarly, I, ha I find it difficult to choose, but I did see Pearl more recently. Uh, and so I am inclined. My brain is like, probably Pearl, especially since um, I think Mia Goth is really able to stretch her legs more. And she does great work in X, but like it's more the Mia Goth show in Pearl. <laughs> Um, she she should be nom. I believe this to my core. She should be nominated for an Academy Award for that performance. Usually, I'm always like, I want to see that person nominated, mm -hmm. but all these other people are dessert. Like, no. Yeah. In reality, it is a fact. I don't care about anybody else's opinion. The thing is, she delivered one of the absolute best performances of 2022 and should be recognized yeah, for it. Yeah, she has a monologue in it that just brings the house down. Like, it's incredible. But uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we're gonna circle back. We're going out of order. Uh, Roxy. Yeah, yeah, up next on my list is Glass Onion. I cool. had like the best time with this movie. And then I saw the internet so upset with anybody who had a good time with this movie. And then it made me have an even better time. Uh, is that a I, thing? I didn't even realize that. Oh, my God. <laughs> internet was like so pissed. So I went to uh, the premiere of this. And I think that part of I'm mentioning that because part of why I love this movie was my movie going experience. It mm -hmm. was such a great feeling to have. It was at the um, Academy Museum. And everybody who was there was like screaming throughout the whole thing. Like, oh, no. Whoa. And like, it was so fun to watch this movie uh, that I can't even uh, people say when you call something fun that like that means it's not that good. I don't care. I, it was the most fun I've had in a movie experience all year. It was just like joyful to watch and be guessing. And I, the point isn't for me whether you could predict it or not. Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, it was so predictable, so easy. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if it was or wasn't. I, I had a blast. I love this format that he's doing with like the A-list celebrities mm -hmm. and then like really breaking down these characters. They're all kind of pieces of dirt. And then like just having fun with them uh it, it, it yeah it, i think a lot of people said that they didn't like that it was taking place in a time of covid with all the masks i thought that was really cool i thought it was interesting that like they decided to have that be a slight complication and mm -hmm. talk more about our times and i thought it was as good as the first one which i also loved so yeah, yeah this is i loved this movie I was also at first a little on the fence about the COVID stuff, but I do think it did in a way, obviously it's impossible to say, but I do think it did in a way that will age fine. Like I think the problem with some sort of some timely stuff is that it'll, it like dates the movie in a way that it just won't, I think it did in a way that it's like, cause it's always going to be 
Like, that's always going to be in our history. Uh, I, I do still wonder what we're supposed to understand Ethan Hawke. I'd like to imagine the stuff Ethan Hawke sprayed in our mouth was was just like a little bit of bleach because uh, Edward Norton thought that would fix it. And he's like, yeah, you're good now. And it's like, actually, no, you're not. But anyway, um, and I also did find the, like, a media was like, oh, it's that guy. But I also think maybe that was the point. That It's not like the movie doesn't engage with that fact later. Like, that's kind of like, Benoit's whole bit at the end was that it is everything that the killer did was so stupid, which is what made it challenging for him. So maybe like, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a reason to ding the movie. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Roxy, guess what? A crossover? Yes! This this is my number three movie of 2022. I'm I'm full blown obsessed with this movie. One of one of my favorite things to say about it too, because I feel like it's really difficult to do this with a sequel, is to get someone to say, I liked that movie just as much as the original, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything could signify longevity in a franchise more so than getting someone to say that. And if he continues on this course, Ryan Johnson, of course, of having a new ensemble and delivering another mystery for Benoit Blanc to solve with a slightly different uh, genre tinge to it. This series could go on and on and feel fresh every single time. And like his attention to detail is just next level. You could watch this movie over and over and over and find something new and fun every step of the way. And it's also a kind of movie you can't really poke holes in. Everything makes sense. Everything aligns. We might not have it spelled out exactly what that spray is, but that's kind of not the like the Mm -hmm. point is not knowing what that is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think too, Perry, that's like so fun about it is that I, upon rewatch, I don't know who my favorite character is. And that that kind of left. I like like that feeling where at one moment it's like, ooh, this is and then another moment it's like, mm, actually, <laughs> I don't know. I just there's so much uh, room for not just the series to go on, which, of course, we know is happening and I think is a great investment by Netflix this is a, a huge, huge deal for them. But also even just re-watching the first one, re-watching the second one, every time I kind of get something different from it. Yeah, just the best. This is a, a great franchise. I was like, I can't believe I haven't tried to do it, but I, I can't. I can't. Right? It's hard. I, the, it's like there's so many that I like. I'll tell you the performance that excites me the most in, in a group of like A-plus performances across the board is definitely Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I were an Academy member, I would be voting for her to get a nomination in the supporting actress category. She... She's got a very challenging role on her plate in that movie, and mm-hmm. I think she pulls it off quite well. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's great. But you're right. Everybody in it is so is so good and so much fun, um, which, again, it's you know off those Agatha Christie stuff. It's supposed to be like a fun kind of, I want to say, beach read, which, again, sounds like a diss, but it's not. It's the, it's the vibe it's going for. But to continue this sandwich of things, uh, like we just discussed briefly, Perry, the next one, uh, it wasn't the next one on my list, but it will be the next one on my list, is X and Pearl. Like you, I cheated, put them both together because how could you not? I can't believe you both cheated on this. Because it's the same, it's the same story. It's the same director. It's the same thing, but it, but they do, they do really have different, it's, it's cool. Speaking of, we were just talking about with the glass onion, speaking of the way the build franchises, the, the balance of, uh, what, what is the same and what's different between the two movies and how they connect and how they inform each other is really interesting. Perry, I, I gotta ask you, since you're here, 
how are you feeling about uh, Maxine? Because obviously I'm very excited, but also this will be the first one without Pearl the character, theoretically. And I was like, wait, is that but that, is that the line we need? <laughs> I don't think it's Pearl. I think it's Mia Goth that okay. we need. Yeah. Mia Goth can do anything. Like she just seems to have this boundless potential that no matter like whether she's working with Ty West or on any like seriously go through her for her filmography. I feel like because of the the one two punch of Pearl and X, everyone's like she's a great genre actress and like <laughs> she's a really great horror actress. Yes, that's true. But look at all of the different types of films she's done. Have either of you seen Emma? She's mm-hmm. so good. She's so funny in Emma. That movie is absolutely delightful, and it's a completely different type of Mia Goth. She she doesn't have any misses. Mm-hmm. I need to familiarize myself with her more because everybody whose opinion I respect has been talking about her. Uh, and I'm, I don't know enough Mia Goth stuff at all. Not that she's done a ton, but I really want to uh, jump into her. I also want to let you guys know uh, briefly that I'm giving you guys heat, but... Uh, the internet has not let me forget that for the world girls we did an episode once which was top 10 superhero movies of all time Mm -hmm. and in my number 10 spot i put every spider-man movie ever (laughs) so 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 i understand i understand you feel our pain you feel like yeah it's just it just felt like you had you can't you can't separate the two to pick one of the other with and everyone was like what mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know. I like them all. Yeah. I like them all. I, like I them can't get picked. What, what surprises me about that is that they're all ten. That there's none below. They're all every Spider-Man movie. All ten. <laughs> I felt like I couldn't do that cheat any higher up on the list. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. Felt like it needed. Gotcha, gotcha. So maybe, spot. maybe some Spider-Man movies above that, but because of what you're doing, it has to be the bottom. I get it. It's like a gravitational yeah, yeah. level out averages. Got it. I oh. thought that was legit. Nobody else on the planet has told me that. <laughs> Nobody else agreed with you. Okay, so I think we're back. We already know we we skipped ahead a little bit on Perry's list, yeah. but I think we're back. I to, revealed one. Or I think we're back to Perry. I think is where we're at. I I kind of uh, I kind of skipped ahead one though, like. Yeah. Gla- uh, Glass Onion would have been my next one. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, all right, all right. So now we're back to Roxy? Yes, great, <laughs> okay, cool. perfect. Next on my list is Hustle. Uh, oh, so this good. Is, this is so bizarre that this is on my list, but I I just, it just stuck with me. Yeah. And I just ended up really liking it. Adam Sandler, for those of you who don't know, is like my king. Mm-hmm. So I, it's very, it's, uh, you know, I, not to the extent where his the movies that are just, horrific at those i'm never like blind to that Mm -hmm. but adam sandler kind of can do no wrong in my book in a lot of ways i grew up on him he's like uh jewish zaddy for me i just love 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 him and i love this new era of adam sandler that we're in where he is very grounded and uh, also if you've been following him for years you know what a massive basketball fan he is yeah. uh, and and player and you could see the the heart that he put into this it's not just him though there's some really great performances in this across the board and i thought that this was another really big win for uh netflix yeah. which is is kind of wild that i have Glass Onion on my list. I have this on my list. Like the, I'm big ups on Netflix movies this year, and I think that Hustle is worth people's times. Not that many people. I'm. I think the two of you guys watched it, uh, but in, I, it's a blind spot for me. I never. Oh, wow. circle, I, I never circled back to it. So this is a good reminder that I have to do that. Yeah. It's really good, Perry. I think you'll watch it and be like, "Wow, I'm surprised." That was really more than solid. Like yeah. it's a really good, heartfelt. Yep. 
movie. Um, and yeah, I, oh gosh, I just, I love him. I love him and I love this. Not that he's the only part of this, but like he stands out like crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great example. And, and like you said, Roxy, this era, like not that this is similar tonally to Uncut Gems, but like the more like, serious adam sandler role which we all know he's good at um but um i this was in this did not make my top 10 but it was in consideration for it very very good um i i guess you could could say it's like a traditional sports drama but i think the specificity it lends to everything like the specificity of adam sandler's job within the movie is very interesting engaging and even like the training montages aren't just like hey run up these stairs it's like no this is if you're an nba player this is how you fucking train to be in the nba it's like oh wow okay like it's it's really totally. really good you watch this and you think that it is based on a true story like yes. when i watched it i immediately you google like, yeah is this a real guy <laughs> is this a real and it's not but i think that that is why it works so well is that it's just so believable yeah because they obviously went the extra mile and they have people on the team who know basketball and that's the other part of why i'm biased on this I, I've been an NBA person since I was four years old. So this was like, oh, this is so in my alley. Well, and I think that's part of that Adam Sandler magic that he is at, at a position where he can call people. Like, there's so many cameos in this movie that it's oh, like yeah. he can just call people up in the NBA like, hey, can we do this? And like, yeah, okay. And so it's like the access to everything yeah, makes NBA it more believable. Yeah, NBA stars. Yeah. Like m- big NBA players are in this. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Wow, that's cool. Way to go. Um, okay, so next on, oh, we've been jumping around. Okay, so next on my list is um, Decision to Leave, uh, Park Chan-wook. Uh, this is not my favorite Park Chan-wook movie, but even that he's still, he's like the best in the game. Like for for my money, if you're talking like best working directors, it's like Coen Brothers, Park Chan-wook. Like it's, it's the, it's, they're up at that level. Um, it's just a great, it's just, I, it might be the best directed movie I saw this year. I just fucking love it. Uh, for those that don't know, it follows a uh, police detective in Korea that is uh, following a woman suspected for murder, and the feelings start flying. It's and it's it 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 a lot of uh, swerves. Uh, not it doesn't move in a straight line. Um, but yeah, if uh, just if you've ever checked out his work, Handmaiden, Old Boy, uh, Vengeance trilogy, the whole like it, he's just. Uh, Stoker, fucking great. Um, uh, if you just want to see a master do their thing, uh, fucking check out Decision to Leave. Oh, yet another blind spot for me. I still have to that. I have to watch that, and I have to watch um, After Sun ASAP yeah. Yeah. also before I vote for anything. Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. This, I. I. Again, it's like it doesn't like. Um, there's some like the again his Vengeance trilogy is like. Uh, all timer for me but and this isn't this doesn't crack that but it's again like the coen brothers if you watch a lesser coen brothers movie it's still like better than most movies so anyway that's that's mine perry what's what's next for you next for me so this would be my number seven i can't believe i'm saying this my number seven of the year is prey Mm. i really like the original predator movie i also quite enjoyed predators agreed 
those, those are the ones that that I like. But even then, it's it's like not my franchise. I don't love, love, love Predator, but I was curious about this movie. I can't believe how well executed this idea is. It is so simple and streamlined, but it's got everything from the Predator lore to a, like a deeply emotional connection to your main character, a significant amount of information on that time period and that yeah. lifestyle and that people it's just it is an exceptionally well done movie with some a plus action sequences and a wonderful do- maybe the dog performance of the year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's uh amber that. midthunder in the lead correct amber midthunder yeah. people that watched legion she was great in that show as well great in prey yeah i think for me the 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 predator trinity is Predator, Predators, and Prey. Yeah. And I like them all for different reasons, and I think they do all things different well. But yeah, Prey was a blast. Roxy, did you check out Prey? No, and everybody was talking about this. Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Dan Trachtenberg just absolutely crushed it directing that movie. I really like him. Yeah, he's great. Uh, also so, worth yeah, mentioning, I will. speaking of horror movies on uh, Hulu, uh, the Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser reboot. Yeah. The, Hulu's doing good Hulu, on like horror Hulu reboots. Hulu had a good year in genre because uh, yeah. there's Prey, Hellraiser, um, Fresh was Hulu. Fresh okay. is quite good. Yeah. Uh, so, Roxy, next on your yes. list. So, uh, DJ, somehow I've thrown us all off because I already gave my number seven. Okay. So jump. I think we skipped to because I said the Batman, Glass Onion, Hustle, and Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah. So, so jump jump to your next one. We'll, we'll figure it out in the wash. Okay. <laughs> number six on my list uh, in no particular order, but at number six yeah. is The Black Phone. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like this movie made me feel alive. I I uh, am not a horror nerd. Like, I don't know all things about horror, but I love horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, it was just like right place, right time for me with this one where it it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. It legitimately scared the li- – I'm not usually somebody who's like, Oh my god! I'm kind of a little more like giggly during horror movies. Mm-hmm. This one scared me, uh, and it was so good and great performances. And yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen next. Uh, wow, Black Phone blew me away. I was I went into it watching it thinking it was going to just be like such a bleh for me, mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa! I love that movie. Really good. Yeah, the little girl's so happy that you liked it that much. <laughs> I loved it. It's in my I top 15. It. It's in okay. my I love Scott Derrickson, and I like when Scott Derrickson and Ethan Hawk work together because Sinister isn't just my favorite horror movie of what was it, 2012? It's one of my favorite horror movies. That that's a movie, nothing really scares me or keeps me awake. Sinister really freaked me out for a little while. You know what Sinister is, right? Yes, you know, I don't the think I've idea. Seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, yeah. sorry. But sorry. I do know. <laughs> you need to see that movie. Mm-hmm. But just to just to get paint a picture of how much that movie scared me, um, there's there's the idea of the evil entity Bagul, his connection to cameras, and how uh, how like footage and photos can bring him out into the world. And I won a signed um, a signed sinister poster that, of course, had I- an image of Bagul on it. Yeah. And you know, there was a hot second where I'm like, should I really hang this my, in my apartment? And of course, it's been hanging in my apartment for 10 years now. Yeah, but like yeah. the fact that it made me stop and think. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. the point being, having loved that movie so much, seeing the black phone hit a certain level really made me happy. It, it, oh, so good. And it's you're so like, of good. course, that poster stayed in my closet for the next 10 <laughs> years facing the wall. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's I, kind of like front and center where everyone can see. I see Bagul every day when I wake up. <laughs> I think it also for me, like I don't know whether people judge horror movies based on a way cooler scale than I do, but I, I watched um, Barbarian recently and I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. it was awesome. But I think because of the fact that it like there were some similarities to that in the black phone, I had already seen the black phone and I was like just so into it. Um, the barbarian didn't make my list, but if I had seen it first, maybe it would have. So mm-hmm. I, I think horror did really well for me this year. Actually, it's a good year in horror. I feel like yeah, yeah. Uh, so for me, um, uh, Crimes of the Future is the next one on my list. Uh, Cronenberg coming back doing his Cronenberg thing, doing a modern horror movie that's kind of a, about uh, art, but also about a lot more than that. And I just thought. I, I just really I, I I found I liked it I liked it a lot I thought it was I thought it was really cool I liked the what it talked about uh, in the broadest sense uh, what it talked about in human evolution and how we grow and how you kind of can't stop change despite how much certain people might want to it's like thing, things are going to grow and change and you just need to be cool with that and I found that uh, very meaningful and I like Cronenberg movies and I like Viggo Mortensen and I I liked I liked this very very uh, strange movie all the weird gadgets that are supposed to help Viggo Mortensen digest things um, which if you haven't seen the movie you're like what the fuck are you talking about uh, but yeah uh, uh, Crimes of the Future that's the next one on my list uh, Perry what about you? I'll never unsee certain things in Crimes of the Future. A- I, I liked it. I, I liked it, but I'm a little more uh, like film Bible info based. So in that particular case, I wanted to understand like everything about everything in that world. I wanted to explore every single corner and why certain things existed and why they they abided by certain policies mm-hmm. and why they operated in particular ways. And there was there was too much gray area in yeah. that respect. For leaves, me, but... leaves a lot uh, to the imagination, especially when it's like, hey, people don't feel pain anymore. And I, I guess I'm supposed to understand also don't get infections based on what is happening in the movie. But- but you know, I I'm okay. I I actually uh, I like ambiguity. I, I heard speaking of triangle sadness. I saw people didn't like it because they thought the ending was too ambiguous. Yeah. I was like, there's another movie that didn't make my list, Athena. That if it had been more ambiguous, I would have loved it a lot more. Like there's huh. it very makes a very definitive statement. Gee, at what the was end. it called, Athena? Athena. I didn't even... I'll talk about it in my. We're going to talk about what we're yeah. into. It also be on my didn't quite make the list because I, I like I think ambigu- ambiguity can be very effective, and I liked it here because there. Um, there's a little bit of a dream logic aspect to most Cronenberg, a lot of Cronenberg films, but also this one in particular. And I find that effective, but I also get why it wouldn't, it wouldn't be for some people. <laughs> Ambiguity sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I needed a little less in this case. Yeah. Um, so I guess th- this would be my number six. I'm, I'm curious if this is on your list, Roxy, because you mentioned animation. I'm going with Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Obviously my number one movie of the year. Oh, I, I, I am I am so obsessed with this movie. It's sickening. Like, yeah. oh, God, the floor is yours, Perry. Yeah. It's so smart. I remember loving those shorts when they came out. I thought they were adorable, so sweet, so creative, so well done. But when I first heard they were making a movie, the only thing I could think is, well, I mean, like, great. But how are you going to extend this into a 90 plus minute feature and actually justify the fact that you're turning a YouTube short into a feature film? And 
oh my, it literally just is however many times more of curious little details in terms of how Marcel operates and how he gets around the house. But then also there is a really thoughtful narrative about how one interacts with their loved ones, the value of community, how you grow within a certain environment. And that actually sustains a feature film running length time quite beautifully and even left me in a place where I kind of want to see the next chapter of Marcel's life. This feels like like a like one one section of a coming of age journey. And I want to see like the next part, the next chapter that is a coming of age journey for Marcel. It's so good. It's the best. Uh, I, I, it's just the best movie. Like I, I could watch this. I've called like forty people and made them watch this. I made my you dad and his girlfriend. I made I made DJ watch. I, like you can't be in my life and not go see this movie. That's how I feel about it. It. I think that a lot of times when we're doing lists of favorites, it's of course like where you are in your life at that moment. And anybody who follows me at all knows that my grandma is like I. I take care of my grandparents. I'm like Miss Grandma. Mm -hmm. So like the fact that this has such a beautiful relationship, um, uh, a beautiful shell relationship. Mm -hmm. Can you call a, a, a shell a grandparent? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I guess you can. Uh, and then it was funny as hell. Yeah. Uh, like you, Perry, I was, when it was announced, I was like, this feels like a weird choice um, because I watched growing up. You know, um, why do we smile? Because it's worth it. Some people tell me my head's too big for my face. And I just look at them and say, compared to what? Like, I, I always used to quote this when I was younger. I love these things. And then when it was announced as a movie, I was like, if that's not for me, who's it for? Mm -hmm. Because I don't even know if I'm interested in this. And then I went and saw it and I was fucking bawling. I mean, like, I thought it was so moving and beautiful. And like you said about community, how we treat our loved ones, like what matters to us, um, dealing with loss and like still being a part of the planet. It just was so beautiful while being hysterical at the same time. I don't think they could have done one thing better in this. Like it was just they, they nailed it. I think the stop motion animation beautiful. too is extremely well done. Yeah. I think it is a very lovely, very sweet, very uh, um, incredible movie. But I do have to say, Perry, you shit on Crimes of the Future for being ambiguous. And I just have to ask you, how do shells exist and procreate? The movie doesn't answer it, is all I'm saying. Is all I'm saying. That's Ambiguity and Marcel the is all I'm saying. <laughs> Crimes of the future takes our reality and fasts forward and implies that something's happened. It, like in You're Marcel, assuming it's our like, reality. Existed. It could just be an that adjacent existed. reality. Shells just, shells just exist. Shells Honestly, just exist. My, bigger question, my bigger question in that respect for Marcel is like, so like it's not just shells. It's also like pretzels and yeah. tampons. <laughs> like they all, they all, like everything is alive. Yeah. No, yeah. but some of the things clearly weren't so like not everything's a lot that's my burning question about marcel the shell with shoes on yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like toy story where you're like wait toys are alive <laughs> what does that mean like wait wait a second uh lovely movie didn't make my top 10 but uh, uh totally a lovely uh really incredible movie My next one on my list is Barbarian. Uh, love this movie. Had a blast seeing it. I love the the way it unfolds. Um, I think is is uh, really engaging and exciting. Um, and it, it it's one of those movies that like walks right up to the edge of like I remember seeing it. And I was like, wait, 
is this going to take me in a direction I don't like? And then it's like, it pulls back. It's like, oh, no, cool. All right. Uh, we're, we're all right. Everything's okay. <laughs> That's so true, DJ, yeah. because I, I just watched this over the holidays. And at one point I was like, is the opinion of this movie <laughs> on this person this thing? Yeah. And then it wasn't. And I yeah. was like, okay, just good. Long, okay, just okay. as long character, you're like, where, where are we yeah. going with this? And then but where it goes. so good. Yeah. He, Justin Long is so good he's such a dick in in movies and in life he's so sweet and nice he, this guy man yeah and he also still looks the exact same age it looks the same Homeboy does not age i think justin long doesn't get enough credit for how good he is at playing dirtbags because i just yes. recently watched tusk like within the same time frame as barbarian it's like mm, this is this is he's good at this this kind of like fucking dirtbag asshole but yeah i think the way the way it doles out its story the way it introduces things i think was very engaging and very effective um and i i found it uh i found it scary i found it, I, you know again we, we all talked about it we've, we've grown up watching horror movies and stuff like that so like especially like in the, in the seat moment scary like is it working i thought it was it, it worked a lot uh, in that and uh had a blast watching it so that's the next one on my list uh perry you're up just because i feel i i always get asked this now i am in the minority on barbarian i am one of very few what did, who didn't like it what did, didn't, what like didn't it. you like what didn't you like about it <laughs> Rain on our parade. What I, did you like? I went the other. I went the other way at the the Justin Long introduction, and I don't mean to say it wasn't a good performance. I think he's exceptional, and everything you said about him is right. He is a lovely human being, very very talented. But when they introduced that element of the story, it veered in a direction that, at least for me, it never justified. Overall, Barbarian feels like three separate stories to me, and I really wanted to finish the first story and not get taken on that journey with some of the other material. I understand how they're all connected, yeah. but I don't think they connected well enough to really stick the landing for me at least. And again, I am clearly one of very few out there who did not like this. I movie. have seen other people push back on, on Barbarian, but I do, I do like that element. I like, I like the storytelling element of like, pause, go back. Here's this person and here's how they enter into this. I, I, I personally really respond to that, but uh, which is why I like the movie. I just talked about why I like the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think the reason it worked for me, um, and this is spoilers if you have not seen the movie, spoilers so just skip ahead, <laughs> skip ahead right now. But I think that without having his character, I wouldn't have had the question at the end, like what makes an awful person? Mm -hmm. Because like, is, is he any better than mo the mother? Like this man's willing to throw somebody's body off of a building. Yeah. So I also it's like, I thought that was a really smart choice. I'm not trying to convince you to like it, Perry. Sometimes <laughs> we just don't. Something just doesn't land with us. But I. That's why. Like I. Because I was kind of like, why did they introduce him? I and I heard the directors say that initially that was not part of the movie. It was just the first part was going to be the whole extended movie. And then they added this thing. Yeah. And I do think it can feel like that at times, but the way that the reason I it dug it was because I did start to ask myself, like, who's the worst mm -hmm. and, and why? <laughs> I also think as part of our glass onion conversation, I do think it is part of the canon of those movies where you kind of ask, can a person like this, this be redeemed? And it's like, not yeah, yeah. really, not like unless you re unless you like change everything, like not really. Uh, uh, and so similar to the way I like the way glass onion resolved its thesis. I like the way barbarian resolved its thesis as well. Um, but yeah, next on your list, which is not barbarian. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's not barbarian. Um, but I respect and support your enthusiasm yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. Um, my number five this year was Cha Cha Real Smooth. It is on oh. Apple TV Plus. If anybody has not watched it yet, and have you two seen it? Do you know what it is? No, I know exactly what it is because I think it's a great inspirational story, like film story about how it was made. But I don't know. Um, he- He's really Cooper Rafe is really talented. The the director who did it, he also stars in it. He play he plays a kid who graduates college and and becomes like a little lost after graduating, and he winds up moving back home and becoming a bar and bat mitzvah party starter, which I was just absolutely tickled by because it brought me back to my bar and bat mitzvah days, mm-hmm. and it captured that very very effectively. But the reason why this movie. I I guess spoke to me on a very deep level is that it's very much about upending the idea of what a soulmate is in terms of boxing it into a very traditional, like you meet the love of your life and you live happily ever after. And it's great. It really emphasizes the importance of recognizing the fact that there are many different types of relationship. That person might not be the love of your life in a romantic way. That doesn't mean that it's a worthless relationship though. There are so many different kinds of valuable connections we can make. And it really stuck the landing and drove that point home very, very well brought me to tears. I have watched that movie more times than I can count this year. Ooh, I'm excited for this one. Uh, The most important question that I have for you, though, Perry, is what was the theme of your bat mitzvah party? You're ready for this? Yeah. It's not what my theme would be now. I'm not embarrassed by it. (laughs) I, I, I think it was appropriate for me as a kid. It was Perry's Plaza and every... (laughs) <laughs> and every single table was a different table from my local mall. But it wasn't like cool shit. Like, mm-hmm. can I say shit? Yeah. I'm a little confused. It was a table from your local mall? Mm-hmm. Like every, ta- every table, the, the like theme yeah, yeah. or the designation of the table was a different store in my local oh. mall that I loved. But it was like, <laughs> it was, it was kind of like nerdy lame shit that yeah. I loved. Like, like. Like I had to sit at Auntie Anne's pretzels because I loved oh, Auntie Anne's That's pretzels. And like, there was like Spencer's get like whatever the cool things kids were into. That was not the table I chose. Yeah. It would be like like Spencer's, and I had so it wasn't a- an Abercrombie and Fitch table. Mm-hmm. No, there might have been. That, okay. no, there might have been an Abercrombie. I think there was an Abercrombie and Fitch table. Well, and you got to accommodate your guests. Table though, I didn't want to push it that far. Oh, whoa, that would have been way <laughs> too much. That's amazing. I'm so happy with what's that. The, yep. What's the answer to that question for you, Roxy? Yeah, mine was themed Roxy Wood. Okay, which was. Roxy and Hollywood. Shocked. And, um, I'm shocked. <laughs> we put my face on like my favorite um, celebrities' bodies, like you know those big stand-ups, yeah, yeah, yeah. and had them all over the, the place. It was really wild. So I really want to see that. What I love is I feel like <laughs> I'm just getting a brief glimpse. Like there's a there's a crack in the in the wall that I'm just able to look into a whole world that I just didn't even under I didn't even know existed. I didn't. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's great. The it's a really nice way to learn about not who somebody is today, but who somebody was as a as a youngling. With yeah, who, what their theme was. Because obviously, I'm familiar with the concept of bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. I didn't know I didn't know about the theme aspect of it, which it I find incredible. Deal. I find it oh, incredible. Yeah. Themes yeah. were a big deal. Themes and Roxy, did you do a dance? Oh yeah, I oh, don't yeah. dance. I danced at my bat mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Did you guys call it snowball? No. Mm, what okay. is snowball? Snowball was a big deal, guys. Snowball is when so you 
are you pick the first person you dance with, mm-hmm. but then they say snowball and you have to change dance partners. Yeah. Uh, but who you pick first is like really looked at. Uh, and okay. it was what have given me so much anxiety. Yeah, I was oh going to say, God. I'm getting, I'm getting, this This is a different person's <laughs> life from, from uh, years ago. And I'm getting like social anxiety just thinking about it. I was like, mm. it is, it, thank you. I will never forget Joey Ives. Thank you for making my life so much easier in that moment. Um, he had been the bestie since we were kids and he was like, I'll be your snowball dance. And I was like, oh my God, phew. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't want to have to ask somebody. Yeah. It was very, yeah. Very, you know, I was Incredible. very anxious about it. Incredible, mm-hmm. love it. Oh wait, so wait, we're off. To, Roxy, what, I think you're next, right? You were, we were just off. Perry's. So I, think, I think I'm one ahead of you guys. I have. Oh no, I think we're back. Here we okay. go. Here we go. My next one is. This is so weird that this is on my list, but it probably should even be higher on my list. Doctor Strange, Stutz. Multiverse of Madness. No. no. <laughs> did you guys? Did you guys watch Stutz? No. Oh, I wanted to watch that. Oh my god. I feel like this movie kind of changed my life. Um, I so it's the for those of you guys who don't know, Jonah Hill interviews his therapist. It's on Netflix. It's a ninety-minute movie, and it was I've watched I watched it back to back because they do exercises in it that I wanted to participate in, mm. and I just think it was brilliant. Um, I like. I can't say enough good things about this movie. I feel like if you, I'm somebody who's done therapy for years, um, but if you've never done therapy, it might be a nice introduction. Cool. They do a really great job of like trying to give you tools to have in your tool shed and explaining things while it's also a really interesting movie about his therapist who has Parkinson's and is like created this new method of, therapy and how he presents it and he like draws things for people and hands it to them and they get a little bit into jonah hill's life but every time they dive too far jonah reminds him like we're making this movie about you and at some point in the movie they kind of like strip everything back and reveal that they're that they're making a movie um i won't say more than that because i don't want to give anything away but it's like just I, i this movie of all the movies this year this was the one that I was like, I'm going to rewatch this so many times because it actually like just genuinely affected me and how I look at things. I can't recommend this enough. I, I'm so glad that Netflix was like, you should watch Stutz. And mm-hmm. I was like, why should I watch Stutz? Mm-hmm. What's Stutz? And then I clicked on it and was like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Just very, very happy that this movie exists. And it was really well done. Super cool. You just bumped that to the top of my must watch list. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like it's it's weird because it's obviously not like all these other movies with huge productions and like I'm sure it cost them a lot of money, but you probably if they had known what they were gonna do, they probably could have made this for five cents. Mm-hmm. Like it's super small, but the actual lessons in it, I was like, Whoa. There's some Thank you. Netflix exec listening to this going, wait, we could have made that for five cents. I know. God, I think it cost that... them millions of dollars. And and the way they talk about it in the movie, they were filming it for months, which mm-hmm. I, I was watching it under the impression that they filmed this in an hour. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, that's miserable. Like, what have you guys been doing? Yeah. But sometimes therapy takes fucking time. Yeah. And like getting to the right thing takes time. And this is obviously not a solution for anybody who really need like wants to be in therapy then you need to be in therapy but yeah. this is a cool place to fucking start or if you're like me who's done it for years to like remember things and oh so good 
And now, so and now we cut to our BetterHelp ad. No, um, <laughs> so uh, mine did not change my life. It's just a very good movie. Uh, next one is Nope, Jordan Peele, real good at making movies. Um, I thought this one. I I obviously loved Get Out. Us a little bit more mixed on. Nope, back in it. Uh, I thought this movie was incredible. I also think um, it, I've talking to different people they've gotten different things out of it, which tells me that a lot of the themes in it, I think are effective. They're effective in a way that they allow the audience to bring their own perspective to it. Um, uh, and yeah, I just thought the way I thought it did a, again, it was a movie that made me feel genuinely um, tense. It was a movie that made me feel genuinely scared, uh, especially when you're trying to understand what the fuck is going on with the chimpanzee. And then when you find out what the thing in the sky is and what it's doing with the things it sucks up is one of the most genuinely upsetting scenes I've seen in a movie in a long time. Um, and uh, for me, I, uh, I got a lot of it. the idea of you can't, we like to think that we have a handle on nature and that we can control nature. And that's not true. Uh, that's just not true. I thought, I thought, Nope was excellent. Definitely made my top 10 Perry. What's up? What's, so good. Yeah. So fucking so good. good. He's so good at making movies. Um, it's my top 15. That yeah. movie is so rewatchable. Yeah. yeah. And another, another excellent Michael Abel score that I keep listening to over and over and over. And also there's that one moment I keep thinking about it. It's Steven Yoon, right? And he's, and when he's talking up, when, when somebody asks him about what happened to chimpanzee and he deflects talking about a, a fictional SNL sketch covering it, it's just such an effect. He's so great. And, but that's a really effective way. It's a very, and a very effective character beat. Uh, anyway, uh, what's next on your, I have three left we've hit my number three so this is my number four i'm going with another animated feature Ooh. guillermo del toro's pinocchio it's very good it's so good <laughs> it's it's like really good that i get excited about any guillermo movie i'm just one of those people that signs up for anything that he makes whether it's something he's making as a director or even just producing but you know like pinocchio isn't necessarily my favorite of like the classic fairy tales i wasn't that enthused about that part of it but the way that he takes that story and kind of reshapes it to highlight certain themes about finding one's identity and essentially not encouraging the idea that Pinocchio, in order to like win, let's say, mm -hmm. needs to become a real boy. He actually needs to do the exact opposite in this movie. He needs to never lie about who he really is mm -hmm. to win. It is just such an incredibly beautiful message. And in general, whether it's Marcel or here or any stop motion movie, I am in awe of what those artists have to do yes. in order to make one feature length film yeah. and this one in particular is just absolutely packed to the brim with stunning like character costume production design with so many detail one of my favorite things too about this movie is it's hard enough to make a stop motion movie where you're just focused on animating like the thing at the center of the frame the mm -hmm. thing you're focusing on in a scene he's got characters doing something active in the background where they might even be making mistakes. Like characters don't necessarily do everything fluidly in this movie. They make human mistakes that, that like part of the, one of the examples that keeps coming to mind is like, like the idea of like not tying your shoe perfectly the first mm -hmm. time, things like that, things that make these animated characters feel real. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent movie. I have to see this. Yeah. I have to. Good. Yeah. Stop motion is such a beautiful 
medium uh, that, that I find so intimidating to think about um, and uh, great casting choices. I think my only thing with Pinocchio is Ewan McGregor's uh, cricket is so great. And then they like shuttle him off for like half the movie. And I'm like, no, wow. why? He's so good. Why is he not in more of this movie? Uh, I think that's fair. He's yeah, very good. Yeah, that's just because he's so good. And I love the idea that he lives inside Pinocchio. It's such a cool concept. Uh, love it. Uh, good year for Guillermo del Toro between that and Cabinet of Curiosities. Um, Roxy, what's next for you? I feel like this was on almost every list of every person that I saw for this year. I um, mean, it's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, it's on my list too. <laughs> yeah, it's on my list as well. Yeah, I guess the, we could all just talk about it together then yes. because I think that that's so cool. You would never think, based off the pitch for this movie, that it would be on everybody's list. Mm-hmm. Like you, you wouldn't think like people of all ages, of all types, like that. Just like this movie was so unique, yeah, uh, and thought provoking, and beautiful to look at, uh, and layered in ways that was like, yeah, I, I, I just you. You kind of can't get over it. It's yeah. like, wow, that's a the movie is wow. Yeah, I I agree with that summation. I also like speaking of like getting people getting different things out of it. it I tend to talk to people, and everybody cries at a different moment like there's a different thing that like touches their heartstrings uh for me it's when the dad's like i feel like everything's getting worse and somehow my fault it's that that's the culminate that's the emotional culmination of the movie for me i had a friend that it's the scene with the rocks which is another incredible lovely moment um but yeah but it's just kind of yeah and i love the the movie's perspective of like uh sometimes life isn't what you want it to be what does that mean what do you do with that (laughs) I love this movie so much. It's yeah. my number one movie of the year. Oh, my, so my absolute favorite. I think had someone pitched this movie to me or even show, showed me the full script for that matter, I would have said, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What is this? No one's going to finance this. Who's going to make this movie? It's absurd. Don't spend the money to make this. That's the thing about this movie, though. I love the fact that we wound up with something that I never could have imagined in all my life would ever be possible to bring to life on screen, let alone have a whole community of movie lovers all come together on. Like the overwhelming amount of support for this movie is truly one of my favorite things about it. And then I want to see this movie get nominated in every damn category at the Academy. Everything, everything. Yep. Best picture. Everything, Best everywhere, picture. All, all at once. once? Yes. You want at to the see Oscar. Yeah. No. Yes. Best picture. Best actress. Best supporting actress. Times two. Times two. <laughs> it needs to be both Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu. Mm-hmm. Best supporting character. Uh, supporting actor. All the technical award. I wish we had a stunts category. Yeah. Look at the fight scenes and how incredibly well choreographed and well edited. I mean, that's the uh, editing too. So much of this movie does not work unless every single department has a very clear understanding of the movie that they're making. And this just speaks to how the Daniels are two of the best creators we've seen all year. And they need a best director nomination because none of this works unless they're able to bring all of their exceptional talent together and actually make this whole idea play like 
somewhat sensibly on screen. Without yeah. leaders like that, this does not work. I also like you bringing up um, the technical aspect because I think it's impossible to watch this movie and kind of not have some inkling of like, oh, Marvel spends too much money on their movies because this is made for nowhere near the money and it looks yeah. uh, great. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Like what they did with what they had is truly mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah it, it, made by artists. Mm -hmm. straight up like this yeah. is art yeah i yeah. love i did really like avatar the way of water but i'll find it very interesting if the ultimate if like this ultimately plays out like the however like many millions and however many years james cameron took to spend mm -hmm. making avatar the way that gets nominated but it winds up losing best picture to everything everywhere <laughs> a like a passion project made for a fraction of the amount of money and that one runs away with it i like that reality that you presented i don't know if we live in that one but i like i like i wish we live in i hope we live in that one <laughs> I'm, be I'm betting zero. that we live on that one right now. In that I think one. there's a 0% chance that Avatar wins Best Picture. I would Did say the, literally. Oh, no, I do. The, there's a zero. I think it's going to get nominated. I think there's a 0% chance that it wins. Whereas yeah, I, I think Everything Everywhere has a real shot. Do, huh. did the last Avatar win things? It won things. Money. It didn't win it Best did Picture. Win, it did win money. <laughs> that is what it mostly won, yes. <laughs> Won a lot it, of money. I, I think it won a bunch of technical awards. It did get nominated in yeah. a lot of categories, but it did not win Best Picture. Yeah. So, so Perry, Everything Everywhere was your number one. DJ, where was three, it on your same. list? Three. Same. Okay. So I think then that we, so we're back to, wait. I, I think have we're back two to, things left. I have two things I have left. One. I've got oh. one left. Okay. So let's, okay. let's, we'll save Perry's. Roxy, wait. We'll do mine. We'll do mine. Then we'll do rock. Uh, we'll, we'll do mine real quick. RRR. <laughs> it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's an Indian action historical epic. Um, I do think that I've, I've heard some people think uh, uh, do the critique that apparently it has some sort of like uh, within uh, Indian politics, it has some like more imperialistic leanings. I have obviously not educated in that, so I don't know. So all I did, all I saw was a fucking uh, kick-ass, incredible movie that had yeah. incredible action sequences and incredible dance numbers and incredible performances, and it was a blast. Uh, it is it is three hours, and I think it's the only three-hour movie I saw this year that I was like yeah you earned it yep that's there was a good run time for this movie um if just if i need to sell it the opening sequence we've got two characters one of them is introduced fist fighting a tiger the other one is introduced fighting an entire army of people and they somehow do it in a way where obviously it's heightened but you're like yeah uh-huh like it's not crazy like it's not like a, a, a movie with Dwayne the Rock uh. Johnson where they all dogpile him and he's like ah like the guy systematically like takes out this group of people it's incredible, uh, and also it has uh, a dance number that's fucking bonkers and amazing. Check it out. Not R -R -R. to, not to, not to live at the Oscars. Perform that song. You get all the ratings. Wait, I is that a thing? My... Can we do that? That'd be amazing. I, I want it to be. It seems like a no brain. If they're so no concerned about like bringing in a, a wider viewership, yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. Completely. I sat my grandma down, um, Grammy, and I had her listen to Not To Not To. Mm -hmm. And she was grooving. Wait, Roxy, it did was, you see RRR? I still haven't seen oh, it yet. So I just good. love this song. Yeah. But like, we were listening to it and she was literally, I mean, this is a 95 year old and she was like, not to not do not do not do not do. Yeah. She was like, there's not many other words. I was like, just chill, Graham. Just mm -hmm. chill. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fun. I can't wait to watch this. 
the three hours has deterred me, but you just yes, told me DJ. It I is. I, I know how you feel, Roxy. When you see that three hour time, you're like, oh, where, when? There's an intermission <laughs> for what it's worth. If there, it does feel like too much for you within within a three one three hour sitting, yeah, there's an, an there, intermission. There is an built intermission, in. and that also does matter to me. I I miss bring back intermissions, y'all. Mm-hmm. I loved intermissions. I'm a TV girl. Give me a break. Well, Let especially me if it's like a streaming Netflix kind of like perfect. Hit the pause on the intermission. Good to go. Um, uh, Roxy, what's your next thing? The next on my list is Top Gun. Yep. I mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe it's a sentence that came out of my mouth in mm-hmm. 2022, but yo, Top Gun was perfect. It was it had everything I needed and more. This movie is so fun. It is so good. It was like yup thank you thank you cinema mm-hmm. i love you top gun i just rewatched the first top gun that movie's fine uh, yeah first top gun is uh, excellent yeah there's a there's a, a vast chasm between in my opinion between top gun one and top gun two <laughs> speaking of things i genuinely hope get nominated i genuinely hope that top gun gets nominated for top gun will get nominated mm-hmm. it, it will get it will get yes. nominated mm-hmm. and i i do i'm not just saying this because you like it i really do think that it is one of the front runners to win wow like I, at this at this point in time if i could bet on two movies to potentially not just get nominated but actually win the award i would probably choose everything everywhere all at once and top gun maverick i would be so good with either of those <laughs> I, i'd be stoked it's a it's Roxy's perfect reality. Okay, so I think oh, we're at number one. We're not you, you know, Perry. We know you're number one, but the last ones. We're at the last ones, Perry. What's your last one? My last one is my number two of 2022, and that's where I have Scream. For anybody wow. who doesn't know this about me, I'm a diehard Scream fan. The Scream franchise is my favorite movie franchise of all time. Scream, the original 1996 movie, is my second favorite movie of all time behind Jurassic Park. And the fact that we got a new Scream movie where like, the movie itself and also the story idea that they're exploring is literally about respecting what came before, but while also emphasizing the need to evolve a series and a franchise is is really special to me. The fact that they actually made do on continuing this franchise and upholding a lot of the reasons why I loved it so much when I was a kid in the 90s, experiencing it for the first time is is really something else. I keep saying this in particular because I think this is one of the movie's best qualities. When I watch Scream 2022, Scream 5, I see it as a potential gateway movie for young horror lovers or potential horror lovers now, like the 1996 movie was for me. When I watched Scream back then, I had never seen a movie like, let's say, Halloween. But because there's a Halloween clip in Scream, Mm -hmm. after I was done watching Scream, I went and I watched Halloween and there's a lot of references in this from like recent years, decades ago. And I do think that this could be a very effective gateway for budding genre lovers. And it makes me very excited that it, it could add more people to our community. So big year for Jenna Ortega for you. Big year. Big year for yeah. Jenna Ortega, period. Um, Camp, Camp Cretaceous as well. She's also in the Jurassic Park animated series, That's which is wild. very good. That's wild. I, My wife and I re-watched the Scream movies leading up to five before we saw it in theaters. And what struck me is how across the board solid the franchise is over the years. I might, for me, my least favorite is three. I think three's the, the wonkiest of them. But like 
otherwise, like across the board, like, no, these still work. Uh, and, and then you go into five, which is new director. Like it's a whole new thing. And it's like, yeah, I don't know what it is about scream that it feels kind of hard to fuck up a scream, but it kind of seems like it's hard to fuck up a scream. Like scream for some reason just works. It's, it's hard to fuck up a scream as long as you, as long as you understand that, like, what makes up a significant amount of the core of a Scream movie is its meta quality. The fact that everything that's happening in it is being influenced by the genre and the state of the genre. And not that, not that I don't want to say this in a way where it makes me, makes me sound like I don't have as much faith in Scream 6, but I think one thing that was really working in Scream 5's favor was the fact that it was a roughly uh, a 10-year gap between that movie and the and Scream 4, which came out in 2011. It gave that movie a lot to work with. Genre had evolved a lot. They had so much they could comment on, yeah. and they did, and they did. And I do think they left us in a place where they teed up a lot of really interesting ideas that now they can expand upon in Scream 6. Yeah. Carrie, are people shocked when they hear this is your number two of there, the year? Yeah, a lot because there, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that seem to have either felt the way that I feel about Scream or really like despised it. There's a lot of people who who are strongly against it, which you know, to, to each their own. Against I don't Scream in general, or this one? I do, but no, this, one. this one. This one. This one. I yeah. I liked it. I thought it was really good. I, I <laughs> felt like the sense I got. I liked the Scream too, actually. But the sense I got was that a lot of my big horror fans, my like the people who die for horror, were very divided on this. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was. I think. I think the screams. The screams are good. Um. Uh. And, but also to your point, you think the meta quality would make it easier to trip up and the fact that it doesn't anyway i find the scream franchise pretty impressive it's it's because it's smart and because those guys get it radio yeah. silence is a really a really good team and it it just feels to me like this franchise is very safe in their hands so roxy la number one last one number one marcel's my number one. Oh, marcel's my, your number one last my one. second favorite movie of the year though and this is in order um is and i was hoping perry this was gonna be on your list but i guess not is the fablemans Oh, I love this great. movie. Oh, my little Jew loving heart was beating so hard during this whole movie. I feel like I as an artist, as a um, person who's just been obsessed with films my whole life as a Spielberg fan, as a as a Jewish girl, as all of the things, I felt like this movie was hand selected for me. I felt like this really was his love letter to his craft, and I was felt lucky to be part of that journey. I usually don't go for like these big. I, I don't want to. This movie wasn't pretentious to me, but these bigger like um, movies that really are making a statement about the movies mm -hmm. that doesn't usually work for me. Yeah. This did. I just thought he did an excellent job with it. The performances were a effing plus. Uh, I was like, well, I watched it with, um, uh, I don't know if he's ever been on this show, but Brett Sheridan and he like was looking at me watching the movie because of how invested I was in it and just like different. Uh, and it was so Jewish. It was so Jewish. Like, I, I know that sounds like such a weird thing to say, but I felt like he didn't give a shit if you didn't understand some of the references. He's like, this is my culture. I'm going to throw this in there. This is for the point. This is for the point. 2% of the population who is Jewish who will know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's me. Mm -hmm. I'm that. You don't have to explain yourself all the time. Like, I just loved it. Oh, I love this movie. 
That's awesome. Perry, you also saw the Fable. It's in, for what it's worth, it's in my top fifteen. Top 15. I, lo- I loved it. I loved but it. But at as least well. you liked it. Yeah. So it was, I, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh, it's wow. on the list. It's on the list. I haven't seen it yet. It's a it's a must <laughs> watch. Like it. It's mm-hmm. it's really touching for a lot of the reasons that you described. I I also because obviously I pour a lot into my work. I think it's examination of like the idea of what it means to choose between your deepest passion and the people in your life. Yes, is something that like really kind of rocked me to my core. One thousand percent. I mean, you and I are both people who have moved three thousand miles away to follow our dreams. Like, and so if you can't, if you do that, uh, and DJ, as you are as well, if you do that and you see this movie and it doesn't touch you at all, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you know, at, at points in life, not it's not that you can't have both things, but many times in life we have to choose. Yeah. And I watching him make choices in this was like. Oh, this movie's so it's so good. It's so good. I haven't seen um Babylon yet because a lot of people are comparing the two of these movies mm. and I'm they're so different. They're yeah, so different. I, I, they're probably I imagine they're pretty just comparing different. them because they're about Hollywood, they're about but Hollywood. they're nothing alike. And and I okay. think Babylon for the first half kind of successfully avoids being too much about oh the movies and then it veers way hard into that at the end like all oh, the magic of cinema. It's like, yeah, man, I'm here. I'm in the theater. I get it. I don't you don't need to preach to me. I understand. <laughs> that in the end yeah the ending uh, and also that's a movie that is too fucking long so many movies this year say about that ending that i won't do i yeah i liked the (laughs) i like the beginning of it like the silent film era aspect of babylon i thought like when they're on the silent film set in babylon the sound the sound stage scene is the best scene of the if the entire movie was like that i would have been very happy yeah and there's a bunch of points and it's like well you could end here and it's like oh we've got another hour left okay well you could end here nope we're still going fuck me man all right i guess anyway whatever we're not talking about babylon it's on our list uh last one on my list i won't belabor it we're running really long uh this was my number one the northman uh fucking love that shit i liked i like the magical (laughs) realism elements of it i liked i i like robert eggers way of making movies i like the i would really like him to make a western like the way he makes these movies like by going to people's journals and being like hey uh what was it like uh i know it it put some people off it is a very it's a viking movie so is it a very aggressive brooding bloody um uh uh kind of uh, grim film I like that shit. So uh, it w- I I loved it. Um, anyway, that's it. That's the end. I, those are our top ten. <laughs> those are our top tens. Um, uh, before we go, Perry, remind the people at home where can they where can they find you? What are you up to? All over the place. You can find my work on Collider, specifically Collider Ladies Night on the Collider Extras YouTube channel. I have my own YouTube channel where there's for your consideration, award season prognostication, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Instagram, Twitter, at uh, P. Nemiroff, TikTok. I think it's my name spelled out. And I like TikTok a lot. I want to share my content with you over there. So go watch it. Go check it out. Links in the description. <laughs> Roxy, what should the people be looking out for from you? everywhere everything everywhere all at once you can find me at roxy stryer in all the places uh you can find me at dj talks trash everywhere that matters you can follow this show uh at only stupid answers but on twitter yank out the vowels from stupid also true on hive i'm i'm trying to 
and also any other social platforms you guys suggest. Uh, I asked you all in the chat, what were your some of your favorite movies? Uh, Leonard Kim uh, said, Bullet Train, Luckiest Girl Alive. Oh, and I asked on the Discord. Man, we ran out of time. I asked on the Discord your top 10 movies. You guys sent a bunch of stuff. I may, I'll maybe try to le- read it later. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Luckiest Girl <laughs> Alive, Spirited, uh, Not Okay, The Princess. Mike Joyce says, The Batman, Barbarian, Avatar 2. Um uh, buh, 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 buh. Uh, we talked about like 25 different movies that we loved we today. loved yeah <laughs> and, and then like so like rabbi on on uh discord uh mentions turning red and multiverse of madness and glass onion as well uh stessa mentions top gun maverick uh nope a lot of nopes a lot of prey uh he uh Gata mentions bodies 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 um mike yeah. joyce mentions armageddon time uh, uh also has the fablemans on there um uh, so those are those are some of your all's uh, favorite movies. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Perry, and we'll see you all next time. Bye.